It's about to get Gabby AF. We about to get Gabby AF, Gabby AF. We about to get Gabby AF, Gabby AF. It's nothing less, cause you rockin' with the best. Now we about to get Gabby AF. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Gabby AF because I have my first ever, hopefully not last, in-studio guest welcoming in one of my best friends in the whole entire world, Mr. You know, I would say actually the best commentator in the business right now. The voice of now, not Impact anymore, TNA, Mr. Tom Hannafin. Tom, welcome to Gabby AF. Thank you for having me here for the show that I named. Okay. So that's a funny story. I guess we're going to get right it's into it. It's a great it. story. I we guess... should because I'm waiting on money. <laughs> Me too. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Me too, guys. Listen, blow up Gabby AF and then Tom can get a nice payday. But I'm still waiting for my own payday to actually be the Gabby mm-hmm. in Gabby AF. Right. You're you're the F. You're the, the Hannah fan. You're the fan of the F. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, in Gabby thanks. AF because there's no team. No, but tell so... everybody where the roots of Gabby okay. AF come from. So... I guess we'll get into it. We should. Tom, who's one of my best friends in the world, and I will say that, and I'm not—I don't say that as like a joke. You are one of my closest friends in the business. You're probably one mutual. of the only yes. people that I trust. Um, when I was looking for a new kind of segment and new name in the sense of what I wanted to do, and I said, you know, I want to talk my favorite moments of pro wrestling. I kind of want to sit down with people. I don't want it to be a typical interview where I'm like plug this match and you know tell me about this i wanted it to be like i'm talking to my friends and i wanted everyone to feel welcome in like a committee a community of gabby f and i said i don't know what i want to name it like i don't want it to just be like a gabulous pieces show or something with my name because like who cares and he was like you know gabby af like hashtag that shit gabby af because all you do is curse all you do is say as fuck which is what af stands for if no one knew if that was the big mystery behind it i don't know how many people knew um it could be anything your little heart desires but that's really the base Mm -hmm. and you were like i don't really know anything that's more you than if you put a curse word in it and put your name on it you you talk like a sailor and at the end of the day i like inside baseball but you were talking about other names yeah and it was like okay like corny make this about you yeah and you're a lot so and i say that in an endearing way and in a good way (laughs) so it's like yeah this segment is gabby as fuck so it was like yeah it's an adjective now and i just wanted more than anything in the world the voiceover for the segment to come from Mark Henry, who's got that deep baritone voice, yeah. for him to just go, Gabby as fuck, or yeah. something. I was like, yeah. oh. So it never happened that way. But I'm it really, might. I'm so proud of you because you took that feeling, that idea that I created, but still, <laughs> that idea of what you wanted the segment to be about. Yeah. You made it authentically about you. It busted open. And now you're doing your own thing on your own podcast, part of Premier Streaming Network. I'm so proud that you've done this and you've built this into your platform. Yeah. And it's and it's in the infancy. I understand that. But there's so much you can do with this. There's so much you're capable of. So I'm really glad that you have this. I mean, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. And I will say, I don't think people realize, like, to have – Somebody like Tom in your corner, like I don't think Gabby F would have even been possible if I didn't have you. Well, it was every other day you would saying like I don't, you know. Okay, like, well don't. Relax. No, it's like every other day you were you were. I think it's natural for people to go into business for themselves and not. And I don't mean that in a selfish way, but to 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 take a leap. Yeah, because it was to th- it was taking a leap. Yeah, and naturally you're sitting there like, man, are, are people gonna latch onto this? Like, where is this gonna go? And I believe in your ability, and I believe in you and your work ethic. So I was like, man, yeah. I was constantly telling him, like, you need to do this. You yeah. should do this. And I'm glad you finally did it. Well, it was hard, too. You know, you get when you get laid off from something that you put literally your entire existence, your heart, and your soul into, and you're kind of pushed out without a choice, or you're not prepared to, like, be setting yourself up in a way that's positive because you went through such negative feelings. And, I mean, obviously you – we related in that sense. Like you were really there for me when I got laid off because you were like, Gabby, I've been there. And like, I've been in that dark place before because it was a dark place. And that's why I know when I celebrate my birthday, I put in my post, like it's been a year for me. It's been probably the hardest year of my life because when you love something so much 
and you're in it the way you are and it's not your at the end of the day everything whatever happens for a reason but when it's not your choice to leave and you don't do it on your own terms it doesn't make it easier it makes it much harder so when you're put in that position you know my confidence was you know questioned my security and what i was doing my capabilities was definitely questioned i would say i was like do i even have the talent to do it because now i don't have that backing now i don't have something else to fall on and you were really the kind of person who was there like no you don't need somebody else to do it do it yourself because you should be able to do it yourself you can do it yourself and you have it to do it alone and people are going to care and if i didn't have you i really don't know if i would have had the confidence to jump into it the way that i did well so thanks you're welcome and happy belated birthday thanks and i am your gift because i'm here in person i mean like rick flair and cody rhodes didn't come here well you live a little closer (laughs) that's fair that's a very good point and i think they're slightly busier a little maybe some capacity maybe that's entirely i mean you're a busy man i'm i'm busy but not cody rhodes and rick flair busy yeah yeah, i mean yeah it's a little different right it's a different kind of busy i would say sure because you have your own podcast too. let's do that yeah i i love the podcasting world, I've, it, I've learned so much about it. So for those that don't know, I do a podcast about Penn State football. Gabby and I both went to Penn State. We my, are. My, we are Penn State. <laughs> my mom went there. My brother went there. It's a family tradition, not podcasting, but being Penn State football fans. So when I was laid off by WWE, I was approached by the Believe Network to do a podcast about them. And I was like, man, I wanted to do this for the longest time. Yeah. My recommendation to people that, are in wrestling and want to do something else is don't do what I did in that I did a podcast not about the thing people had known right, me for for right. nine years. I did something in a completely different world almost. Granted, it was something I went to school for and am yeah. passionate about and obviously pay attention to a tremendous amount. And now I've been doing the show for two and a half years. It's grown. We've gotten advertisers. It's gotten this really nice response from fans. I went to the Penn State Auburn game last year, uh, 2022, flew into Alabama, and I walked into a bar, and this guy's like, hey, I love the show. Now, this blew my mind because at first when that happens, I don't get recognized very often, if at all, because in wrestling commentary, I'm hardly on camera. Right. So maybe you recognize my voice or something. So my first thought is, I'm like, okay, I was on WWE television for nine years. Probably know me from that. Guy's like, no, the, the the football podcast. I love the show. And I was like, this is so cool because it's my community of people that yeah. I've been around since I was a kid. It's It's been so much fun. So uh, if you check it out, State of it's State, awesome. a Penn State football show. Myself, former Penn State and NFL defensive back Justin King. Anywhere you get your podcasts, YouTube, all that stuff. So I, I love the podcasting world. I'm learning so much more about it. And it just, I don't know, it just lets you – it lets you create whatever you want to create. Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing that you've made the moves that you have in that. And it's not wrestling because that's your job every single, like it's crazy. Well, Cause that's a hard thing to do. You and I have talked about this. The challenge of, if you work for a wrestling company, WWE, yeah. AEW, impact, new Japan, it, it doesn't matter. You're in the mix. So you can't, it, it, the fact that the Tommy Dreamers and the Bully Rays, Mark Henrys and Mickey James, they're legends, right? They can kind of do whatever they want. Right. They can be in a company and work in the capacity that they do, but they can also have a voice on it in the, the media, so right. to speak. It's just a little bit different when you're actively in a big setting on someone's programming. I imagine, like, put Excalibur on Busted Open and ask him about WWE, there's a conflict of interest. It's odd, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I thought about doing that at first, and admittedly, after being released by WWE, it was like, man, I was like, there was a relief, and there's burnout to a degree, so I kind of wanted a little separation, and it was something that I just wanted to do. So I was like, okay, the the world is my oyster right now. I might as well try this, and I'm so glad I did. And it's cool because you've had the experience from a different company, even though you are such a champion for TNA and you're so great in it. Like you are someone who can kind of really talk about the other place that you did work at because you've had such different experiences than other people that have only been in one company before, which is kind of cool. That's why I always ask you questions because I don't think people realize like you 
really went right out of college into the pro wrestling world. And it wasn't like you had this space where like someone like me, completely different story, right? You know, I went to college, obviously graduated, kind of found my footing and happened years later to fall into pro wrestling. Whereas like you went right into it and it's like, it was your whole world. You were like a kid when you got into it. Oh my God, I was 23. It's wild. Like I, I, I had no idea what I was getting into in yeah. the grand scheme of things. And I've been on the record a number of times. I, I didn't grow up being like, oh man, I want to work in pro yeah. wrestling. I was very, very lucky that a billion dollar company took a chance on a 23 year old kid at a college. And I just went on that journey and, and rode that wave for a long time. And the fact that 2024 will be my 12th year in Insane. pro wrestling. And is, you're not old, I'm, like you're I young. I feel old. <laughs> uh, I'm but 34 now. So it's like, all right, like 12 years in pro wrestling. Crazy. And uh, I'm actually doing a pro wrestling commentary seminar Dude. on Monday, December 11th. Uh, if you can check out my social media, there's still an opportunity to sign up. We have a really nice crowd of people already, but it's Didn't be they say it was like the fastest selling out of the, the, a seminar? The gentleman helping me put it yeah. together, Chris Brooker, part of Confidence on Cage, said it's the fastest selling Zoominar. It's no going to be deal. a live virtual Zoominar. No big uh, deal. And he's had a lot of really cool names on there, so I'm not saying I'm better than them or anything. You are. I'm better than them. He's better. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. So, I'm better um, he's better than them and he knows it. He had approached me about this and my first reaction was like, uh, I don't know. Really? Not because of anything he said. It was... I was like, man, who who wants to, like, what what like who wants to? Everybody. It feels weird to be like, pay to hear me talk. It feels weird, but it's leaning into your self worth, and it's leaning into. I've been in this business for twelve years. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I still have so much I can get better at, and my biggest thing is if I can help somebody that is actively in pro wrestling commentary or is just trying to figure out a way to come up in the business or break into the business yeah. from a commentary standpoint, I will share with you my successes, my failures, everything that has gotten me to this point because you need to know both. Yeah. It's not all sunshine and roses. Right. And the, there is a huge gap right now in the world of pro wrestling. Not even right now, but it's been like this for a while. If you want to do commentary in pro wrestling, there's no roadmap. Right. There's no... Michael Cole came from CBS and was a war it's correspondent. Insane. The the people like Tony Schiavone and, and Jim Ross and Mike Tenay, who came up in the industry, in the territories from the very beginning and got themselves into this legendary status that they have, it, it just doesn't exist anymore. And everybody's coming from some different walk of life, some different professional background. It's really a fascinating subject at this point. So... There's no roadmap, and especially for play-by-play -play people, to learn the psychology and to learn what is asked of you on television. It's completely different, and this is no offense to anybody that does commentary on an independent. Right. It's two different universes, and people will look at you know what we do in TNA on a live pay-per-view versus our tape shows. Okay, that execution is different. But to sit there on your couch as someone who has no experience and look at, you know, uh, a Michael Cole, a Corey Graves, uh, an Excalibur, a Taz, and Nigel McGuinness, all these people doing it at a high level on live, segmented, network, global television, that skill set is difficult. It is extremely difficult. So if you think you can, you might be able to. Yeah. But you got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> What would you say, as like a commentator, in what you do is probably the most difficult thing for you? Like, is there ever has there been a moment where you were like, that was that was rough. I should have handled that better, or you have like second guessed yourself because I feel like we've all kind of been in that a little bit before. Um, I I personally felt like I didn't get quote unquote like comfortable. And, and not like mastery by any means, but just like I felt comfortable at the desk until 2020, mm -hmm. which I started in 2012. That's so crazy. Eight years of ups and downs. I was put on shows. I was taken off shows. I was given other chances, tried to reinvent myself, worked with a bunch of different partners. And it wasn't until I got put on Raw in 2020 that I felt like, man, I just have better control of this because to use the sports analogy, the game slows down for you. Mm -hmm. And I was beginning to piece together the psychology side of wrestling. But 
especially for network television, it's understanding what the production team needs and the execution of the television broadcast. That's the first priority. Then it's calling a match, and then it's like, oh, having all the emotion that goes into it. Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing for me was making sure my emotion matched the moments because you can try and handle all these other, you know, we call it traffic, the traffic elements of a show. But there's calls that I listen back to where I'm like, ugh, you just didn't hit that. Yeah. Because a fan knows it, too, when it's like there's something happening on my screen and you're either not talking about it or you're talking about it and you don't have the same enthusiasm and passion that I think you should have. I've definitely had moments like that. Um, but I, I feel very strongly that in the last few years I, I've come into my own and that especially with Impact TNA that I've been given this chance to try a lot of new things and I'm just really happy with where my work is at. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I know I have plenty of things I can do better. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. TNA now it's on impact like isn't that a crazy thing to say I'm so excited about I it. know I'm really excited about it so like the time we're recording this uh I think uh, December 9th will be final resolution yes. which is ironically the last live impact plus special we're doing under the final the impact one. banner yes <laughs> and then in January as of the 13th TNA is back hard to kill which will be available on premier streaming network so little plug there so he knows what he's doing good at this stuff um <laughs> it'll be live on pay-per-view of course from the palms in las vegas when i heard this news about tna and the rebrand all these things i was like fuck yes man yeah fuck yes because it I, i've said it on the air before is that when i got introduced to the company i was like this is a company and a leadership group that owns the history of this company good and bad and now we're completely embracing it and i think the tna brand is special to people and those now this will be 22 years that this yeah. company has been on the air and has had revolutionary moments in the history of pro wrestling let's not forget when ecw and wcw went away tna was the alternative will osprey has been on the record a bunch of times yeah. how it's like especially in the uk tna was you know, the girl you were seeing on the side, but you were still dating WWE yeah, or something yeah. like that. I think that's how he phrased it. So that's it's like, it's just, um, it's so cool. And at the same time, I am not privy to all the plans. And I'm like, all right, I can't wait to see what we do because it's a huge opportunity for the company. It's really exciting. And like for someone like me who wasn't a fan with all the history of it, right. You know, it's one of those things where it was cool to see how excited other people were. Because then I was like, oh, this is a big deal. And I really looked into it. And I was like, this is cool. All, all the wrestlers tweeting about how excited they are to be a TNA knockout yes. or something like that. Like the meaning behind it is such a such an awesome thing. And being at a lot of, I've probably been to, I would say like three or to five like impact shows now well and the last one you're at was what you were at victory road and yes. then you were at the 1000th episode yeah in white plains yeah. yes and like i will say the crowd the audience the fan base for impact now tna is always one of like the rowdiest crowds mm -hmm. and they're so into it the storytelling so good the wrestling is so fucking good the knockout division in tna is like one of my favorite things to watch and i just think you know they're a force in the pro wrestling business for people to like look at and Absolutely. look look out for and you know the returns and they take in the people that get released and that kind of stuff it's super exciting who would you tell people if they've never seen impact tna like whatever they don't never watched before for 2024 who are they should be they be paying attention to who's someone that like when you're sitting around commentating or even you know behind the scenes like who's the person to be looking out for for 2024 Man, in your company. Uh, and, and it might be kind of a no-brainer to some people, but Jordan Grace. Dude. I think so many people probably already know about Jordan yes. Grace, but she has this great opportunity at Hard to Kill to go one-on-one -on -one with Trinity for the Knockouts World title. Trinity, formerly Naomi in WWE. So yeah. Trinity's star power, I don't need to explain it. Insane. So the opportunity there for Jordan Grace is fantastic. The opportunity for Trinity as well, because I've said it before, Jordan is one of one. Uh, and that's the thing is that the Knockouts World Championship and the Impact World Championship, those scenes have equal importance in our company. 
it's really, really special. So Jordan is one that if you don't know, you should know. Yeah. Um, and then I think the world of Trey Miguel. I really do. Oh, I love Trey. I think he has so much to offer. He has so many good things happening right now in his personal life. I, I love him to death as a human being. Uh, I just think that he's capable of doing some really spectacular things in pro wrestling. And I, you know, I like to use the phrase just scratching the surface, yeah. which is insane because he's already done so much at right. such a young age. Yes. But he's got a lot that he can still do. But who do you like? Who do you watch when you watch TNA? So, like, who's important to you? I mean, obviously, I'm a big Mickey stan. You know I love Mickey of James. Love <laughs> Mickey. Yeah. And I was there for her return at yeah. the Thousand episode, and it was epic. Um, I just, that whole match at the Thousand episode, too, with all the women, because I love Gail. I love, like, when you see the returns of these kinds of people. Obviously, I got to shout out Tommy and Bully because those are my guys, and I love them. I can't <laughs> say I don't You're contractually obligated. Yeah. I'm not contractually <laughs> obligated, but, like, the mm -hmm. fact that they're still doing it the way they do it is just, you know, Bully, to me, is always going to be one of those heels that, storytelling-wise, like, he's one of the best, and he just is just epic. Oh. And then you have Tommy Dreamer, who's now carrying the fucking title. And I was there ringside when he won at that match, too. He's, so, the, he's the champion of digital media. That's Which uh... is hilarious, <laughs> because if you've ever texted with Tommy Dreamer, you never understand a fucking word the guy says. So, sorry, Tommy. You know, a little behind the scenes. He, he texts the way he talks, which is like what my mother does. You know what I'm saying? Like, where I speak Tommy Dreamer. This is like a joke that we have. It's like, I can speak Tommy Dreamer. Like, and listen, I've dealt. People don't understand. I've dealt with these guys for five years in Busted Open, where like I have mm. to schedule them for these things and talk about this, and this is what we're doing. So I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, just here and there texts. Like this would be weekly, okay? So the fact that he's digital media championship, pretty fucking hilarious. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much, Tommy. Don't come for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great. You know, super up to speed with TikTok and stuff like that. That's but good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dreamer, dream, wait, dreamers on TikTok? No, I'm just joking. That would be awesome not. if he was. Yeah. <laughs> he would, and this is what I've said. Tommy on TikTok would be one of the most fucking like you'd have to have someone do it groundbreaking. For no, him. Like, it would just, be funnier. Him trying him trying to figure it out. Trying to figure it out would be the whole point of him being on TikTok in the first place. Like that to me is more entertaining than like someone that does know how to do TikTok. It's like FaceTiming your parents and they're shooting the ceiling yes. fan and you just see up yes. their nose and yes. you're like, no, like you're doing a dance now, Tommy. Oh, okay, there we go. It's yeah. a thousand percent funnier. I would fucking fall off my ass laughing if you see Tommy trying to like do a trend and he like doesn't know how to do it. And he's got the title on it. Like, it's just amazing. He's got like, the title. The yeah. irony of it is just so good. So, obviously, I love Tommy. But Trey's a good one. I love Trey Miguel. I think he's so entertaining. And it's so funny because he's so different in person than he is on TV. Because, like, I'm oh, lucky yeah. enough to know him in person. He's a beautiful, kind human being. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, you got to love Trinity. Jordan is a good one because Jordan awesome. is just ridiculous in, in everything she does. And... You know, I just think what she stands for is so much bigger than what a lot of other people stand for, too. You know, like, you know, how confident she is and, you know, her presence on social media and what she does is what a lot of people don't do either. And she has this whole different kind of fan base in other aspects yeah. of her life, which is kind of cool. And she's beating down the stereotypes of what a female in pro wrestling should and has to look like, yeah. which I love because, you know, I love seeing different body types and different people being proud of what they have and she's just so strong dude like she's, it's insane she's strong uh mentally which is the most important thing in that i i think the world of what she is i'm like the, the, the i remember earlier this year she was preparing for her first physique competition mm -hmm. yeah so ray walt and i have the task of like trying to explain this on the air which it's it's very complicated if you've ever spoken or delved into that world is that she's getting ready for this competition, and while on television, she might look absolutely ripped. Yeah. Physically, mentally, she does not feel well. Right. You don't feel yourself because you're dehydrated. Yep. You have next to no carbs in your system. Your meals are completely different than what the average person Insane. would do. So while she looked so good, there's people coming at her on social media, you know, saying horrible things, which is awful and she stands up for herself consistently yep. she is freaking funny she is sincere she's a damn good wrestler yeah and a really good person she's yep. got about a thousand dogs so yeah. like i'm cool with oh, that i love too. that about yeah. her too so many dogs it's, it's so a lot of energy how many puppies did you get i got nine it's a lot of energy <laughs> i took nine i overcome i took nine <laughs> it's a lot um and then someone else that i have to mention that i think 
is going to be a star is Kylan King. I fucking love her. Oh, my God. So she was very kind recently and put up this uh, post on social media. She had a, uh, a mixed tag match. It was herself and Steve Macklin against the aforementioned Bully Ray and Jordan Grace. And Matt Raywalt and I think the world of Kylan King yeah. and what she can be, and I think she's valuable right now in terms of the knockouts roster that we have. Yeah. I think she's got big things in front of her. And no one's telling us to say these things about her. It's just what we believe. Yeah. So I'm glad that nobody said, like, hey, we don't want to go there from a creative standpoint. That you can understand. Like, yeah. you don't want to uh, – I've learned this over the years. Like, you don't want to crown someone or at least build them up so much to the point that the audience is like, oh, they, they're now going what? for a title? They're yeah. going over? Something yeah. like that. And then it's like, yeah, we're not going there yet. We want it to be a slower burn. And it, it, we we got I don't know we, we just said what we said and we because it's what we believed and I think yeah. it's the truth. Kylan has huge things in front of her in, yeah. in Impact and TNA. I actually funny story about Kylan is she was my roommate at uh, Women's Wrestling Army. That's where I kind of first oh, that's awesome. met her yeah, and like, yeah, got yeah. to hang out with her. And she's so cool. But she's another one where for me it's like that her physique and like she's tall and she's so strong that's like the kind of women that i like to look up to and look to because that's a good role model for someone who's not just you know a typical like little bombshell like who's walking around in a stereotypical way of like thinking but she's she's a force to be reckoned with and she's someone like i think i just see her getting better and better every time i see her and i think that there's a huge future for her and yeah. she hasn't even been a teenager that long no, it's about a year, a little over a year, something like that. I'm excited for her, though. I like her a lot. You need a role model. You need some You need some. Positive. Are you telling me personally? <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it, but you need a role model. Yeah. You don't want to be my role model? How much did you pay me? Like, Why is it all need... about money? Well, you Don't know, you know it's about experience? When I got my first internship, I, it was, listen, it's all about the experience. It's not about the money. You're so greedy. What's the famous phrase? We're not here to make friends. We're here to make money. Speaking of which... Did you just listen to CM Punk's promo on Raw? Because that was his line. I, just, I don't know a soul that didn't hear about it. I got to ask your take on that. I know, you know, we were just talking about people in one company talking no, about a company. But, I mean, he's pretty universal at this point. So here, I'll put it this way. Do it. Do it any way you want. I think it was sometime <laughs> over the summer, Impact had a taping in Chicago. Yes. And uh, I forget what month it was, but he was backstage. I didn't. Uh, get to interact with him, but I saw him from afar as I was about to go through. I'm like, oh, there's freaking CM Punk backstage. Yeah. He took a picture with uh, Jordan and he met with a bunch of people. There was conversation, social media, backstage, there, there was buzz, et cetera. The fans felt it as well. That word. So then fast forward to everything that played out with AEW. Everybody's talking about it. Now he's back in WWE, which is freaking crazy, mind blowing. Yeah. So no matter what, there is discussion around him and because of him, whether you like him right. or whether you hate him. I don't have enough of a body of personal interaction with him to make a ruling one way or the other. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to duck anything. It's just like, yeah, I don't know Phil. Yeah. So it's like, cool, uh, you do whatever you're doing. Like, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, it's been a weird year for him, I'll put it that way. But here's the way I look at it. It's good for the business. Yes. It's good for the entirety of the business because it creates questions. What's he going to do in WWE? How is AEW going to respond? And then, as I said before, with us in TNA, the fact that he popped up backstage for us twice, it's like, okay, you know, at least it created discussion and it created questions because we have a huge opportunity in January to show people what is new, right. what we're doing with this rebrand, et cetera. And then the questions in these other two companies just come up of what's the reaction? What's the path forward? That that just creates more intrigue yeah. in multiple companies. What's wrong with that? It's so funny, and this is why we're best friends, because I actually said that on my last episode. was like my exact words were like, it's just good for business. You can like him or hate him. You're going to watch because you're going to want to talk about what happens from it. Like It's like that thing, even if you dislike somebody, you almost keep tabs on them even more because you want to talk shit, but you can't talk <laughs> shit if you don't know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Like that girlfriend, that you, the ex. Yeah, that we've you're all like, been there. Yeah. Like, you're like, fuck that. 
fuck that girl. And I'm like, yeah, yeah fuck that guy. But I got to know what's going on because I got to know that I'm doing better than you. Right. So like, I'll follow you on Instagram still. And I'm also, so you know what I mean? I'm going to look at your stories because I'm going to convince myself. <laughs> that you're doing better. I'm doing better. You're better. That new girl, eh, I'm right. better. You know what I mean? Like she's, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, oh, you got fired? Sorry, I'm better. Like you're getting what you deserve almost. But that is a really satisfying feeling. No. Yeah. Do you, you've never done that? <laughs> what? Like followed an an ex on purpose just to feel better. Oh about no yourself? no 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 no! Once it's uh, that once it's over, why would you, I want to? Do you unfollow? Yeah. Oh yeah. See, can I tell you my take on this? So, <laughs> I have a take on this. Okay. I have a take on most things. Okay. This is my take on it. So, if you're in a situationship, whatever situationships are like the new thing. You know what I mean? This is my life. Um, We're like the same age. <laughs> But we're very different. Or no, you're like three years younger than me. What am I we're saying? All, but we're very different when it comes it's to dating. Very true. I am it's younger. Very don't true. fucking make yeah. me that old, okay? Uh, excuse me. Don't age me just yet. Because you are an old soul, I would say. Really old. You, yeah. Like, you're, <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. But you're a very old soul, and I'm a very, I still feel like I'm 18 a lot of the time, which is weird, I would say. Like, I still have a lot of growing up to do in a lot of areas. You, and you I think dating is one of them. Yeah. Very differently than you. Our dating and love lives are very opposite. <laughs> but <laughs> you're <laughs> um, my take on like I've been in a lot of situationships. I would say I haven't been in a lot of serious relationships. Mm. Probably like none. So maybe one I would call serious. But situationships are like the thing, right? You get into it and you're like, what are we? Like are we exclusive? Whatever. That's a whole nother story. But. I'm under the impression if we're done and we just stop talking on a random Tuesday, because that's usually how it works. It just, it just ends. It just fucking ends, okay? And like, this is what like my parents don't understand, because they're like, why are you still saying? I'm like, because you you never know what's gonna happen. Like, right. you could be telling me you wanna have my babies and you love me Monday morning. By Tuesday, I'm ghosted and blocked, and I don't know why. <laughs> This happens all the time. I'm not kidding. And it's bizarre. And like, it's so sad that this has become like the normalcy. But the sad thing is if we follow each other on Instagram and we're done and we're not talking anymore, I never unfollow you. And here's why. I think if you take the time out of your day to unfollow somebody, you still care enough that like, I don't want you to pop up my feed because it's gonna bother me. I, Let I, me finish. You can pop up on my feet as much as you want. I don't give a shit about what you're doing with your life. It doesn't bother me anymore. And guess what? Follow my life because I'm going to keep doing well. And when I post the one picture of me that looks good and you slide back in the DMs, oh, how have you been? I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself because that's what happens. 90% of the time, they always make their circle back. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I don't know if you thought you were going to find something better and you don't. You always circle back. They always come back. That's the saying I'll say about everything. You could be ghosted three years later, and it's always the birthday, by the way, the birthday and the holidays. Always it's their excuse to be like, happy birthday, how have you been? At least five have come back on my past birthday. That's a whole other fucking story. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> Not you, thank God. But I'm just saying, it's like the excuse, or this is my favorite. This is my favorite, and this has happened with like narcissists, this one narcissistic guy that I dated, athlete of course, cause that's my kryptonite. <laughs> like literally, um, a pa I get a paragraph now, okay? A paragraph? A paragraph text of like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I ghosted you, I shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, whole thing. Happy holidays, by the way, like hope to see you. Happy holiday. In what world is it because it's Christmas time, you think I'm gonna be like, oh, you know what? I'll forgive him, it's Christmas. And for some reason, he's gotta wrap it up like it's an yeah. old timey letter in the it's 1800s, where it's like, sincerely yours. Sincerely yours. Jeremy, you know. XOXO, gossip girl. Like, happy holidays and salutations. Like You have to say something like, I never understood that. The ghost of Christmas past that nobody wants. If if we are, like, it's like, if for me, for me, it's like, all right, I will unfollow you if, like, after a while, if I'm, like, I'm seeing your story and I'm, like, I don't care about this. But you can hide it. You can, yeah, no, but you can hide it, and you're, and then you're only doing it just for the person's feelings, no, right? it's for me. What, no, I understand that. Oh, like, yeah, For yeah, yeah. me, it's, like, if, if the relationship gets to the point where it's, like, man, this is a friend, then, yeah, of course, it's, like, no, I'm not getting rid of That's that just different. because, like, that... 
that's a special thing. Yeah. Uh, but if it's something where it was like, hey, you strictly entered into something because you wanted to date each other romantically, and then you just stopped doing that, whether it was amicable or one person wasn't feeling it, whatever. For me, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna unfollow you. Like, I, what for work purposes, I will follow people. Yeah. And then if they are, unfortunately, if they go to another company or something like that, and it's no longer imperative for me to follow their every thought and yeah. waking movement, then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna unfollow you because like we didn't have this super tight personal connection. This yeah. is a, this is still a social media work platform for me. I guess. Most of the things I put on social media are me doing wrestling stuff and podcasting. So I'm like, yeah, this is what I use this for. And so that's the way I look at it. I don't know. I just like them to see that like, uh, oh, is she gonna unfollow me? Oh, she never unfollows me. Right. Because she doesn't care that much about me. Well, now that you're saying this, there's some people that I'm going to remove as followers. You could do that. Oh, yeah. No, I do that all the time. Because it's like, if you ever bother to look at somebody who follows your stories, you're just kind of like, what are you hanging it's around for? It's always the ones that ghost you that are the first ones to look at your story, too. Right. Which, why do guys do that? Uh, I can't speak for guy. I don't know why. I, well, I, you're I, a I, guy. Right. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You're different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This is what's hard. This is what's hard because, you know, as a girl, if you have a guy best friend, the best part about that is that I can be like, this guy's doing this, like, why? Oh, you're yeah. the worst guy to ask. How am I the worst guy Because you're a I good will, guy. I will give you. I don't talk to good guys. Right, I was going to say, because I'm nice. <laughs> no, you are. You're like a good it's person. Like, you're what a did nice you do? It's like, you I sent her flowers. Together. It's like, why would you do that? Yeah. I'm like, I care about you her? You have your shit together. You're like mentally a positive person. You're a little uh, mentally not. I thought you say mentally with it, and I'm like, eh, it's, it's, listen, it's, you are know. in the sense of like you're. I feel like you're a very aware person. I would say. I, I think I would agree with that. You know, you've been through enough where you've, you're very aware in what's happening in your life. You're a very mature person. I deal with guys that aren't mature because I'm in my 30s and I'm single and There's I have a to. Pattern have... that you just mentioned moments ago. Like, what? Know, if you break that pattern, you're like, oh, you go for narcissistic. But why is it always types? on me to break the fucking pattern? Why can't I be great? <laughs> and I'm here, and it's the guys that are, but it's, the, it's not always me. Listen, I'm a very per different person, and this is something that would shock a lot of people. The way I am, if I'm dating somebody, and the way I am like with my friends and with you and how I am personality right. is very different. I'm a very different person mm -hmm. when it comes to like dating. I'm not, like people will be like, you're an alpha. I'm not an alpha at all so when you it comes wanna, to dating. You are, your hope is to attract a different type of person. Not a different type of person, I just like don't, I don't know. I really don't know what I want, and which is why I'm not in a relationship, because I don't. But also, I feel like that's because I haven't met the person that's pushed me to that point to be like, no, I'm what you want, and you're what I want, and that's it. Because I like a man, I like the old school stuff, mm -hmm. like where it's the man is the man, and he. If a guy said to me like, this is what I want, and I like you, and they're very clear on it, that to me is very attractive. But it's hard now because in the world we live in with dating, it's just options are at like your fingertip, right? You don't have to go somewhere to meet somebody. It's you can literally swipe right or left. So I don't know if someone likes me because I'm great and I'm funny <laughs> and I know about pro but wrestling. You're, but you're the but you're the gatekeeper. You're the gatekeeper. Yeah. It's you have to set that boundary with I another guess. human being. It's a lot. So if you are great, you know, you're okay. But you know, it's like <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's great no, for my ego. I, I, I think you are a great person and you're a very good person. So it's like, yeah, if, if that's the value that you hold onto yourself, then you have to make sure that person is going to hold you to that same value. Sure. Also, you know, my friend, <laughs> it's a joke between me and my friends. This is like a curse that I think I have. Like, mm. did you ever see Good Luck Chuck? Who's in that? Was that um, Dane Cook? Dane Cook. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I used to be obsessed with Dane Cook before he kind of fell off, like old school Dane Cook. Yeah, he changed a bit. So good. I used to, he came to, when he came to Penn State when I was there mm. and like the Bryce Jordan Center was great. He was so good. But I followed him like Dane Cook Vicious Circle was like, I know oh, word for word. I used yeah, to watch yeah, it so it much. Really good special. Loved him. But I am good luck, Chuck. I am the girl that you date and hook up with before you meet your wife. And it's happened like 10 times, like a lot, not 10 times. That's I don't know if excessive, you even but like maybe you, five, three, I don't even five. know if you realize you're doing this, but you are about to get blown up. Why? For so many different reasons no. where guys are now going to message you and be like, I'm going to be clear on my communication. Please, then other please. guys be like, I no. want to meet my wife. Let's no. go out on a date. I, no, but you it like happens. Denny's, you know, but it happens all the fucking time, dude. Like 
Like, I'll think things are going great. And, like, that's another thing. And this is also kind of funny. And I realize this about myself. I've never been on a bad first date because I'm not a bad date. Like, I could talk to a fucking well, wall. So, like, I'll go on a date. And, no, I'm being 100% serious. <laughs> I saw a thing about this where if you can talk to anybody, which I can talk to anybody. and it's if, true. Honestly, I'll even overcompensate if a guy is nervous on a date or he doesn't talk a lot. Like, mm -hmm. I'll want to keep the conversation going because I don't want to have a bad first date. Right. So, like, I could be talking essentially to myself, having a great time, making sure it's good. Mm -hmm. And then I'll leave and be like, wow, that was a pretty good date. But was it? Was it a good date because he was really a good conversation or was I just a good conversation? Like, and I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but that's the thing. There, like, I nailed that. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Now, I walk out of there like, husband, wife, going out of this. Right. He's like, man, he's lucky. You know. <laughs> I'm lucky. I just had a great date with myself. Took myself out for a nice meal. Had a couple. Had a couple beers. You know what I mean? No, but like, I have left dates so many times where I'm like, that was a really good date, or we we hang out like whatever, and then it never leads to anything serious, which is like also fine because I'll never push something to be serious if it's not supposed to happen. And then like a couple weeks later or months. He's in a very serious relationship because I still follow them on Instagram because I don't fucking unfollow them. And then they are dating somebody, and I'm like, it's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. I can't be the only one that it's does so this. It's so bad for you mentally. It's not, though, because I. It, and look let me tell at how you, much it's bothering you. It doesn't bother me. I just notice things. But it doesn't bother me because that's not meant to be my person then. Like, I'm not ever going to push. I'm not the person who's like on a time clock. Like, I'm not like that at all. I would rather it be. I only want to get married one time. I only want to be, like, I don't want to push it just because, oh, I'm 30 or this or that. Like, I want it to, if it feels right, it feels right. I don't like things to be unorganic because that's when you wake up and you're like, oh, I really wasn't happy. I would never push myself into that point. Yep. So that's why I'm like, if it will happen, it's going to happen. If that person's right for me, that person's right for me. If not, it's not the end of the fucking world. Like, I'm very happy being single and alone. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I know it sounds sad, but it's Trailed not off sad. At the end of that I have pro wrestling at the end of the day. No, <laughs> pro wrestling, that, that's the beauty about pro wrestling. I there know. will be another show. I know. I'm going to end up dating a fucking wrestler at the end of the day. The one thing that everyone has told me not to do. Every wrestler that I'm friends with is like, don't do it. It's going to happen. I might have already. I don't know. What do you I, mean you might have already? I just don't tell you everything. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, Can't tell you everything. Sure. What else would we have to talk about on a podcast? <laughs> don't drop any bombs, but you know what I mean? But it's hard because I don't know if I could because if I wasn't with a company traveling, like it's a lot on people. That's why like I think so many wrestlers date other wrestlers in the business because it's a hard thing to understand when you're, you know, yeah. flying so much and so much time apart if you're not in the company together or doing it together. I, I've seen it from so many different angles, just both companies now where I've seen people who are either dating, dating and then break up, or yeah. get married, have kids, are in it for the long haul, divorce. Like it, You see everything occur. And I don't know, that's just kind of the, the variety of life is like, yeah, for some people they need that significant other that is a quote-unquote civilian and they're like civilian they're like a freaking accountant or something like that and they're like yeah i work a nine to five and this is what i do and it's like you have the crazy life and i have the the normal life and then there's other people that you know i i personally enjoy meeting people that are in the performance industry because they get it and entertainment i guess is probably the better yeah. industry to say because if you're performative in any capacity you're you're sharing the same thoughts they're just going into different mediums yeah. so i always appreciate that but even still i've known people where it's like oh they don't know anything about that and i can yeah. still be really good friends one, yeah. one of my best friends is a programmer and i couldn't tell you what it is specifically day to day he does for a living yeah but he'll tell me about his his day of work and i'm like that's interesting he's like what'd you do and i'm like well, you know, it's so funny. There was this uh, this Iron Man match or something like that. I had to call it. It was it was really good. And he was it's, like, "Cool, man." And yeah. we'll talk about football. So yeah. like <laughs> no, it's. I would say like it's the opposite for my friends. Like they could not. They don't know how to explain what I do. Like oh yeah, it's, it's and none impossible. of them are pro wrestling fans. Like yeah. I didn't grow up a pro wrestling fan. So like in high school, we weren't watching pro wrestling. So all my friends now, <laughs> they'll be like, if they're like trying to explain, like, oh, you know, she, she, she's not a wrestler. You know, and then people are like, oh, she's, with WWE. she's not with WWE. She, like, talks pro wrestling, but, right. like, she also, like, produces, she, like, has the mic. And then I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'll explain it for you because you don't really understand me, mm -hmm. which is, you know, fine, like most people in my life. Fair. But, um, <laughs> very fair. 
But I think it's kind of funny to be in this world. Like for me, I would have never guessed this life for myself, which is just also bizarre in and of itself. But I don't know. I've been I've been with guys that know pro wrestling and been with guys that know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. And I will say it's nice to have a conversation with somebody and talk about your day if they kind of get it. Because sometimes it's nice to not have the conversation revolve around what you're talking about all day, right? Like if you go home and it's like, oh, let's talk about maybe football or something to like switch it up. Yeah, you kind of, yeah. Not an Eagles fan though. That's my red flag. That's, yeah, I know. I told so, Cody Rhodes. By the Rhodes way, this. I love Cody Rhodes now. Yeah, oh, fuck off. Big Eagles fan. Yeah. Listen, I love fan. Cody very, very much. It yeah. was the Friend one. And I, Cody and I always were friendly when he was in WWE. <laughs> So I've, not, I've never had a personal issue with him, but I was like, oh, you're an Eagles fan. I was now. just going to say, you hated him until he said no, it? No, well, Brandy bothered me because she went to Michigan. Wow. So when I found... That game was horrendous, by the way. Awful, awful game. Uh, <sighs> Penn State losing to Michigan. That was not fun. But yeah, uh, she. when I found out she went to Michigan, I think the next words out of my mouth were like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. So wow. she and I immediately had a great yeah. rapport of just giving each other flack about Michigan, Penn State, and all that sort of stuff, so... But anyway, Cody Rhodes, <laughs> loving Eagles. And listen, would it be cool for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl and then WrestleMania being in Philly? Mm -hmm. Who cares? That's my bottom line for it. I don't give a shit. Like I don't care. Well, I think it'd be I think it'd be great because like you know because you you're from you're a Philly guy. I think it'd be great for us to win the Super Bowl. Oh, you're so, so annoying. You know, and this is the Penn State. That, that's when as I far talk as I'm about, going because I'm not working WrestleMania in Philly. So by the I'm way, like, yeah, as long as the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'm I'm happy. By the way, when I talk about you know why I don't like Eagles fans because I went to Penn State, he's the Penn State fan that was the Philly fan that I never liked. You are the epitome why? of that. Why? Because you're the most obnoxious. How am I obnoxious? I'm not getting into you specifically. You're targeting me. I feel. I feel attacked. Your overall presence. No, 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 when you talk about the Eagles is obnoxious. How, wait, but like, explain how it's is the, the fan arrogance, base obnoxious? It's the it's arrogance. Yeah, you guys are. It's just a lot, and you guys turn on your own team. Like, I don't like that. Like, it's just you're. I don't know the word for it without coming off bad and completely exiling any Philly fans that watch well, the show. You've, you've already done that, so you might as well go down the rabbit hole. I don't hole. think so, yeah. because yeah. I mean, I wanted them to beat the Chiefs because fuck the Chiefs, but, and they did, which I was very happy about. You're welcome. Yeah, You didn't do anything. We beat the Chiefs? You Not we. The Eagles. Your team beat them. Who doesn't say that? I hate that right, shit. But who doesn't say we in reference shit. to their team? It's not, you, you didn't do anything except sit on your ass and watch the game. Okay. The Eagles beat the, the Chiefs. Okay. Good, good for you. That's great. I'm very excited. Does that mean I think you should win the Super Bowl? No. Are you a great should team? Or, or sh should is a relative term. They could win the Super Bowl. They could. Anyone could. Right. Yeah. I mean, not anybody so, right I'll, now. I'll you know say this I mean, in but... defense of Philadelphia Eagles fans. Oh, is that at least we don't wake up every season assuming that we are going to the Super Bowl. That's like inaccurate. I've met Dallas Eagles Cowboys fans. fans. I've met Eagles fans. Oh, did I touch a nerve? Here we go. I got. I touched the you nerve did that here at Chop Studios. And yeah. now, so let, you're starting shit in my studio. And, and, and you want to like talk it. about entitled? How many Super Bowls have your uh, Green Bay Packers won? Fuck off. So a little entitled. I there. don't sit around talking about the Packers like I am a Packers your, fan. Your through best and through. quarterback ever is a scumbag. Let's say that. And then Aaron Rodgers ditched you guys because he couldn't stand the front office. Yeah, so, look how that played out for him. Right. So let's, just, well. let's be, just be very honest. Eagles fans are honest. They are territorial. They are blunt. This Jaylen, is let, let, let's No, let's use an example. Does anybody know the name Jalen Rager, a wide receiver that was playing for the Eagles? He went to USC. I think he's with the Vikings now. I think he played for the Patriots. Out of the league now, whatever. But, like, he could not catch the ball to save his life. But he was a high draft pick for the Eagles. So everybody was like, okay, we expect to see production out of you. And when the guy consistently messes up, Eagles fans will boo him. Because, like, it's not saying we hate you. It's get your act together. Because we're paying our hard-earned money to come see you and support you no matter what. And you're not performing. That's what Eagles fans will do. They will hold you to a standard and find the situations when they stand up for their players, not just Eagles fans, but Philadelphia sports fans. Alec Bohm, third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies, he said, I fucking hate this place at one point. Phillies fans booed him, and then the next week he came out and he did great, and they cheered him. Trey Turner needed to pick me up. Ben freaking Simmons, when we he was struggling at the free throw line, was getting cheered by Sixers fans like a six-year-old 
at a tournament in a, your a high school out. gym. Your age Philadelphia is fans will support you to the death. But if you don't reciprocate the effort and enthusiasm and passion that they put into it, they will cut bait. I think that's fair. It's blunt, it's hard, but it's fair. At least we're not delusional like fucking Cowboys fans. That's fine. I don't give a fuck about Cowboys fans either. Just the guy, the you know, the guy in my studio is very big Cowboys fan, so Tom's just taking hits. Because that's what Philly fans do, by the way. We weren't even talking about Cowboys. You gotta drag them in and talk shit. Also, Easy target. I'm, just, I'm really just wondering, you know, why Eagles fans, you did win this Super Bowl, and then you destroy your own fucking city. Yeah, that I wasn't just, proud of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was living Sorry. I was living in Orlando at the time <laughs> and I was debating flying up to go to the parade. And it's like it was last minute and I had work to, to fly out to as well. So I was like, okay, I, I just can't swing this and it would have been crazy expensive. And then the next day I see everything on the news of them just ransacking the city. Climbing on everything. Climbing, in the street. climbing on things is one thing. Eat, thank you. Eating horse manure like, from the police horses. I was like, I'm glad I didn't go. I'm okay. I'm isn't that really how, like, okay. how you get pink eye? Like, I don't... I, I I mean, if you put it in your eye... You're eating it. <laughs> it's in your hands. Like, in what world... Like, you're not a normal <laughs> sports fan. I don't care. Oh we just God. see... We see death matches all the time, people bleeding. If a wrestler ate another wrestler's shit... Yeah, no, I, I agree we with you. We just saw uh, Hangman Page drank Swerve's blood. Yeah, that was that unsettled my stomach. Unsettled. Awesome match, by the way. Dude, insane, in fucking insane. I'm gonna curse on that one. But <laughs> you've been swearing the whole podcast. I have been swearing the whole time. Uh, I can do what I want. It's my podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Just saying. Why are you making that face? Please don't hurt me. You're the one who was getting hyped. You had a vein popping because you out. come after Philadelphia fans, and I'm like, I will defend Just, this. To the I death. don't think the Philly fans are terrible in every sport as bad as Eagles fans because Eagles fans also bring in the South Jersey people mm. that claim to be from Jersey. But if you are from fucking South Jersey and you like the Eagles, you're not from fucking South Jersey. Like you're a disgrace to Jersey, in my well, opinion. What, what team should they support? I don't care. Not the Eagles. Okay. Because that's Philadelphia. I really think New Jersey is a waste of a state, and it should okay. be cut in half in that you could take the bottom half and just, just attach it to Pennsylvania. And it could, to your point, most of them yeah, support Philadelphia, and they're riveting. kind of like the Delco people. thrilling. Everyone's talking about Pennsylvania. Listen, you ever been to Amish country? It's hot times. So, oh, wow, yeah. And then they love me there. The northern half of New Jersey, you might as well just make it part of New York City or New York State. How do you feel about Central Jersey? Why does it exist? What's the point? What's the point? It's a split. It's because it, Jersey's so big. It's central. It's the purgatory of New Jersey. It's that's <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my no life. There's no reason for central New Jersey. <laughs> one, I, of the, one of the best lines I ever heard oh. by Corey Graves, who has many of them. We were doing. He hates Jersey. He hates Jersey, but he loves to bag on Jersey because it gets a reaction. It's wonderful. We were doing a show in Newark, New Jersey, and. Newark. Some heel had okay. just won a title or something like that. He was like, the fans here in Newark are so excited. When I was driving in, I could see the red and blue uh, red and blue lights shining all over the place as they were celebrating. Oh, well, that's Newark. So this makes me angry because, and this is, you know, you fly into Newark. That's like an airport, a big airport in New Jersey is yeah. in Newark, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So when I meet wrestlers, I'm like, I'm from Jersey. They're like, oh, I hate Jersey. It stinks. I'm like, yeah, Newark, because you fly into Newark. Right. That's not what makes up New Jersey. That's one part. And, like, I don't like Newark either. I'm not no, from not Newark. Great. Yeah. But, like. You've you, ever, ever been to Camden? Trenton? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all, all right. Those aren't places. I'm never going to be allowed back in New Jersey again. My I'm parents like, live right on the border. Yeah, you're <laughs> in trouble. You're, except we're just not, we're, we're just not, you know, Eagles fans. Where if I walked into Philly. No. like, and then gonna, it's like If I talk shit, uh, I'm going to get. Stabbed. Stabbed. Maybe. Yeah. They're I mean the Philly Eagles fans are nuts. Uh yeah, I mean I think the stabbings, that's a California sports fan thing. I wouldn't put it past anybody. That's no, like an that's easy your, way. no, like people I, I did a podcast recently where they're like, Oh, Philadelphia sports fans are the worst in sports. I'm like, completely disagree. Look at how many fan bases in the state of California there are violent, bloody fights in the parking lot and in the stadium. That doesn't happen. In our situation. I think it does. It's just probably not seen as much. I've been, there's videos trending all the time from the NFL this year of like how many fights there's been in the stands. And I've seen every fan you know base getting happen. into fight. 
Cowboys games. <laughs> By the way, the funniest part about tell me no one when can I'm see. telling lies. Also, no one can see that <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> We're just destroying. The, the owner of the studio is sitting over there. I'm aware of this. Watching us. See, with the only the reason Cowboys, I'm saying all with these the Cowboys things. hat yeah. on, and it's. The most entertaining fucking thing I've ever heard. I, I can feel the tension, and he wants to talk so bad. Oh, that's the best part about I'm not going to let him, because it's my I fucking am... show, and I'm not getting into a Cowboys fucking Eagles debate on my show. That's not what we're getting at, I'm okay? A, I'm a very nice person. You I am a heel to my core. <laughs> I've said this. People think I'm the heel in our friendship. You're the fucking heel, and I'm the baby face. Yeah, that's fair. I, I am that's a baby fair. face. People don't believe it. I'm a sweetheart. It's it's why like when I saw MJF pop up on TV and I saw what his character was and like I've heard what people say what he is as a person all those things and now what he's doing I'm like oh I completely relate to that character a hundred percent. Yeah, you are like a devil in form of like a very reformed, well speaking man, and I've said this always. Tom's delivery is great for everything because he's. His voice, like I say this all the time, like when I first met Tom and we like spoke for the first time, I was like, oh, wow, you, you don't turn it off. Like your voice is what it is when I hear you on I've TV. I've had so many people ask me. It's and like, it's amazing. It's like, give me your commentary voice. I'm like, you're listening to it. Yeah, this it's, is, it's just louder. Phenomenal. It's just louder when I do yes, <laughs> commentary. Yes. And I'm used, I'm so used to it now because we talk so much, but I feel like the first time I met you, it was like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's your voice. Like that's just like who you are. But I wish... The first time I met you had like Elmo voice or something of just like so different than what you were on TV because I would have been so fucking entertained by it. Like to be like, oh, I know the real Tom and he's got that high pitch. Sometimes right. your decibels hit a certain degree they and do, I call you out. They go up to a real When high I shock peak. you about something. Yeah, there's some stuff where I'm like trying to refute it or whatever. When I'm you like, question That's me. That's not true. All you know, the time. It goes all the way up. Yeah. All the time. And then I, you know, I wonder why you're alone. But. <laughs> I think it's because of those things. I think if you just kept the voice down. Just keep it down. I think I have a very deep, like, low voice for a female. But um, not deep. I, I think the, the the best thing in media, is whatever, is if you have a voice that cuts through the clutter. Wow. It's a really important thing. It's a nice No, because when you're... It. When you're listening to anything, there's so much stimuli, whether it's music or you're watching wrestling or something, there's a crowd, there's the action of the match or whatever. If you are a commentator, you have a voice that cuts through and is, is unmistakably you. Yeah. And I think that's what you have. Yeah. Do you believe that about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think. I, and here's the weird thing. I actually disagree with what I just said. Is because wow. uh, Michael Cole and I have a very similar audible sound to the point that i remember getting tweets for SummerSlam 2022 in nashville the open of the show the cold open had a line of just welcome to SummerSlam," and it's my voice and i had been obviously released by the company the summer yeah. prior so that happened frequently in wwe where they take a clip of cole because he was covering smackdown stories and i was covering raw stories so they're trying to keep the voices singular to those different storylines it made sense to me uh they would have that mix-up sometimes where we'd be saying the same thing they're like oh crap we put tom's voice here we put cole's voice there we just audibly sound similar yeah so and then he also trained me mentored me managed me was a friend of mine for a long time so i was like yeah that's that's crazy. That's kind of normal yeah that's crazy and like to me your like the Michael Cole of my generation in like a weird way because like I think people newer fans or younger people watching are going to be following your career from now to you're going to have many more years to come so it's like isn't that like a crazy parallel for it, you it is it is weird because I've met people that are like oh I grew up watching this show and you were the lead voice yeah and like, I was in my mid-20s so it was like okay, these people could have been teenagers or kids at the time, and now they're to the point where they're, you know, just getting out of college or they're in their 20s or something. So it's just, it's all relative. But, uh, no, I, that's a really uh, high compliment for you to pay, and I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, the, the way I look at things is, like, I, I learned a lot in my time in WWE, and there's a lot of things that I needed to... I needed to get through personally after I was released mm -hmm. and I needed to, I needed to grow up a little bit. 
I'm really honest. I needed to grow up a little bit. I needed to deal with some personal stuff in my life, and I needed to get back to a good point for for me, period. It didn't matter what was going on professionally, and I can confidently say that I've turned that corner. So now it's just trying to put together the best body of work that I can every single week. I'm grateful for what TNA has given me at this point in time. I'm really excited for the future, but like having those interactions with people where they remember a certain match or a moment or something like that. And it, even if it distracted them for an hour or something like that, you know, that's, that's the thing I took away in the pandemic, you know, is like people were really struggling. They're stuck in their homes Mm -hmm. and you have two, three hours to dedicate to us to just unplug for a minute and escape. If I, was a small part of helping that out and then helping hopefully to make the product better. Uh, it's, it's really rewarding to hear yeah. that. So I, I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot. Yeah, I'm nice sometimes. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> your cards right. After all the Eagles talk, I wasn't going to say anything nice, but I guess I have to. Um, <laughs> but I will say, and this is kind of, you know, just something else, you know, you talk about turning a corner and you're doing so well now. Just mental health to me is just such an important thing because I've been through in this year probably the lowest of lows for myself and I'm not fully out of it yet I will say and I'll admit it and I sit here and I'm like oh you know you have to present and you have to always like stay positive which I think is a much easier said than done kind of thing especially when you're hurt or there's you know pain and things happen out of your control and you still hold a lot of resentment or you feel down on yourself so like that's something I hold in super importance is your mental health and your brain and how you live your life every day is almost more important than anything else. And like, what kind of advice would you give to people from someone that's been in a bad place and down and had to deal with things? And now, like you've said, you've turned a corner, like for people listening, if they're going through it or something, like what would you say if they asked you? I certainly had instances like in WWE where you're, you're on the hamster wheel to a degree and it's your life you're immersed in it it's 24 7 and I would get frustrated and emotional about things and I just I'm not I'm a very different place in my life than I was at that point and then after I was released you know I think I said it before it was like there was a degree of relief and there was the same feelings I think you felt where you're like man maybe I'm not that good at this yeah. Maybe, do I want to be in this anymore? Does, does the Maybe industry, I'm not important enough to be in it. Does the industry want me anymore? Right. You know, and it's uh it's it's really challenging. So like the the response that I got when I started with Impact in, in January 2022 was just unbelievable. But um, my biggest piece of advice would be you know don't give up because there are definitely points in the last few years of my life had nothing to do with work where you're just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to get through this. And a- another thing I'd say is don't rush through the hard parts. And, and it's a really difficult thing in the moment because you're going to go through a lot of crap in your life for so many different reasons. But if you wallow in those negative moments they'll win don't let them win and if you believe in yourself as much as you say you do and you think you have something to offer whether it's personally or professionally you have people that care about you all that stuff hold on to those things and just understand that these things will pass these things will pass and if you just keep moving forward good things are eventually going to happen and I know that's a really cliche thing to say but it, it worked for me, and I'm confident that if I continue moving forward with that, and the the right things will happen for me. The the right things will happen for me, and that's a tough thing. Is that you're going to look at, oh, I want this to happen. That might not be the case, but the right thing is going to happen for you. Now, do you guys see why I keep him around? <laughs> Just saying. That's why he's such a good friend in my life because. You know, when I was going through, you were always there for me and you always were positive and you understood and you listened. You weren't just there to be like, yeah, no, it's bad. You'll get through it, which a lot of people did. They were like, it's happened and you'll be fine and deal with it, whatever. You really did listen and you care and you would check on me and you were believed in me when like other people didn't. So I will always thank you and I'll always love you for that. And you will always be a special friend for me in that sense. Not a special friend, but... You'll be, even though you're an Eagles fan, which 
like I've said, biggest red flag of any <laughs> men in my life. But one of my best friends in the world is an Eagles fan, so maybe they're not as bad as I say. Wow, I'll never, we turned a corner I'll here. never date one. Well, that's... That'll be a cold day in hell. That's what God's going to give me, by the way, the perfect guy. And he's a fucking... <laughs> either plays for the Eagles, is an Eagles fan, or some kind of shit. And I'm going to have to, like, really be torn. And I'll be calling you, like, dude, what do I do? There's some great guys on the current roster. I'm sure you could. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, call me. I think he's fucking hot. Um, anyway, <laughs> we got to wrap it up. The Cowboys fans telling us we got to wrap it up. So he's, you know. Yeah, postseason's almost here. It's almost over. <laughs> anyway, uh, before a fight breaks out here, um, Tom, thank you so much. Thank you for making the drive and coming here and being my first in studio guest. I absolutely love this. We'd love to have you back at some point in time. You'll probably run for your life. The probably. Cowboys guy's gonna be like never again. But I love you so much. I'm so excited for all these things you have coming up. Sign up for his seminar because this was just a small take of yeah. Monday, Him? December 11th, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. UK time. The link to it is in all of my social media. And just I'm going to make Gabby put in the link to this podcast as well because I'm telling her what to do. Oh, he shouldn't be my manager. I've said this since I've started, but he's got a lot to do. It's a lot of money missing. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> listen, tell me about it. I don't really have any. So I would give you some if I had it, but mm -hmm. we got to get there first. Maybe in a year. Looking forward to it. I Same. Anyway, thank you so much. We love you. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. There will be more. Obviously, follow Tom. Sign up for the seminar. Look out for TNA, Hard to Kill. It's going to be awesome. And like I always end my shows, I say L-Y-M-N-B. Do you know what that means? I'm glad you've been listening to all my other fucking episodes. I say it at the end of every show. It's great, friend. Everything I said, I take back. No, I'm just kidding. So we say L-Y-M-N-B, and it means love you most, no backs. So that's what we're going to say. So do you want to say it with me? What is it? Love you most, no backs? Yeah. Love you most. Yeah. You could just say L-Y-M-N-B and then I'll say it. I got a thing. Anyway. <sighs> There's a cracker I barrel. I love you most, no backs. There's a cracker barrel nearby. I'd yeah, like go to, get some fucking biscuits. Open, so. uh, Eagles fans, man. Uh, L-Y-M-N-B, love you most, no backs. It's about to get Gabby AF. We about to get Gabby AF, Gabby AF. We about to get Gabby AF, Gabby AF. It's nothing less, cause you rockin' with the best. Now we about to get Gabby AF.